1: Good day, good day, and welcome in, and another day, another dollar, right? We push forward, we think about what's happening on Wall Street, we think about what's happening in the stock market and the economy. The security guard, when I checked into television today, he said, don't you just wish we could have a day without reacting to Donald Trump? I'm like, nah, it keeps things interesting for sure, Right. U.S. home prices rise at a slower pace. Stocks are climbing after yesterday. Stocks falling apart. Homebuilder Lennar sees a 45% profit jump. Not too shabby. In all the talks of tariffs on woods and tariffs on tariffs and tariffs slowing down in our economy and the world economy, you still see a homebuilder jump 45% in profit. Salady, I think there's a lot of headline news out there right now that's got people freaked out. We'll see how things play out. That's what we do on this show. It's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you?
2: Doing well. How about you?
1: Doing well. Uh we got a big event coming up Thursday night. You wanna talk a little bit about it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's ten pillars of retirement income planning, so we can kinda of go over the the key points that we're gonna hit on. It's really right for you know, if you think you're around ten years from retirement or so or you're already in retirement, and you don't know if you really have the right plan. Because look, I mean, we've we've had a a nine-year run in this market now. Uh, longest, if we make it to August, that's just, what, another really, kind of one and a half months? This will be the longest-running yeah. market that we've had without a 20% correction in a while. So people have kind of forgot how to deal with it. They Emotionally, people have, well, actually, they call it investing Alzheimer's. People just forget how they reacted. Um, and as long as you have a plan going into retirement for corrections, you're going to be fine.
1: Okay, so the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar this Thursday, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge, which has great parking, easy parking, free parking. Uh, people can show up a little bit early, uh, ask questions, stay a little late, ask questions, bring your financial planning issues. But this is the ten pillars of retirement plan, and planning. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. com. Tax efficient investing, Chad. That's not one of the the sexier topics out there, because I just want to hit a home run. I don't need it. I don't need to stretch a long double into a tight triple. I don't need to be efficient about it, do I? Or do I?
2: Well, the study after study comes out, and the first one was Morningstar did a study that said the average investor loses. of their return every year to taxes. Um, A lot of that has to do with holding the wrong assets in the wrong type of accounts, Uh, or people kind of get emotional and they try to go in and out of the market. They get that wrong, and on top of it, they pay taxes when they do it. So, tax-efficient investing is really important. A lot of it has to do with designing your income plan first, which accounts you're going to pull from first in retirement, and then putting the right assets in the right type of accounts. So when okay. you're young and investing, you know, your first $200,000, let us say, two fifty, index funds, um, pretty simple. You can do that in your 401k and your IRA. Um, but once you add wealth in there and you have some managed funds because you're trying to say, I want to have a little bit less downside exposure, um, control the risk a little bit more, then it becomes a, a bit more of an issue.
1: Do you remember when you were a young kid and how much money you thought you needed to have to retire? You obviously had a grandfather around who knew financial planning issues and uh, insurance issues and investing thoughts. Um, do you remember how much, like how much, that changed? And I bring that up in uh, yeah. because I, I think I think I have a false sense of how much I'm going to need in retirement. I think it's going to be much, a lot more than I think.
2: I, you know, I, I guess I got kind of lucky by throwing, in. I was you know just shocked about it when I was younger because. Uh, first of all, I got into the business you know at nineteen yeah with my grandfather, and he sold annuities and mutual funds at the banks for years. but tax laws changed, and annuities right. were not as attractive anymore and i i didn 't really like that side of the business because of we i didn 't feel like an annuity was really a right thing for the majority of Americans to save anymore because capital gains taxes were so much lower, and tax efficient investing was much better option than putting your money into a high-fee annuity. Um, And then at the same time, we're helping his clients. He was 62 when I got into the business with him, and all his clients were older. And we were getting phone calls almost on a monthly basis of somebody going into a nursing home, and then the surviving spouse freaking out. How am I going to pay for this? I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be homeless. Constantly. So I had to learn how to do Medicaid planning, or in California it's called Medi-Cal, to help protect the spouse living at home from becoming in, in, impoverished you know it's so i was very well aware when i was 19 on how underprepared america is for retirement and healthcare costs that are coming
1: okay so with that being said um i think that's like number one on people's on the agenda is like health care costs are something that people don't have a lot of confidence in as far as what they have saved and what they don't have saved
2: yeah, you know what? You know when it's a big deal, Rob, is that when you have these second, third marriages where you have this huge age difference. Okay. And you've got one person that feels that they've saved enough for their retirement to live till they're 100, but they also, they don't want the other person to work anymore because they're done working. But the other person is super worried about how long their money is going to last if that person dies first, which they will. You know, if you've got a guy that's 60 with a, a wife that's 45, odds are, that that wife is going to live a heck of a lot longer, right. and so you have to make sure that you're planning for your surviving spouse. I don't um, think that's easy. It, it's not easy. It actually, uh, oftentimes, you have the idea of money advice going into marriage counseling. It happens quite often. We spend a lot of time in that in that marriage counseling role when it comes to those issues.
1: Interesting. So we got a big seminar coming up Thursday evening. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free this Thursday, 630 to 830 at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Talk about dividends and interest, um, dividends and and how they yield interest back to you and uh, how they've been better than banks recently. Do you think that holds true for another three to five years, or is it time to start thinking, hmm, Higher interest rates may be better with bonds than with these high interest rate-yielding dividend stocks.
2: Well, yeah, I think that you're starting to get that. You see it now the last couple of times that the 10-year Treasury hit 3%. There was a lot of bond buying, and, it, and yields came back yeah. down slightly. Uh, and That's kind of the tipping point where people start to say, OK, I'm going to peel off some of these profits and stocks that have run too far for my portfolio and start to buy bonds again. So you, w- you want to own both. I mean, bonds are also that cushion... When the stock market does take those dips, and every five to seven years you tend to have that fifteen to twenty percent correction, totally normal, and your bonds become kind of that 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 anchor. They tend to go up in value, where you can peel off some of the gains in the bonds and go buy stocks that are on sale. But the dividend and interest tap, Rob, that's one where everybody's investing in their mutual funds inside their four hundred one k and their IRAs, and all of those mutual funds pay dividends or interest. And they're reinvesting those. They don't see it unless you look a couple pages back on the statement. You're reinvesting those. But once you retire and you need income, you need to turn off the reinvestment and actually tap those dividends and interest and use them to help maintain your cash levels. Have them sent to your checking account.
1: It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him this weekend or this week, rather, is the right way of saying it. Uh, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. You can hear his show here Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. New Focus on Wealth. But Thursday evening, he's going to be in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Income and retirement, dividends, portfolios, cash flow, taxes tax brackets, surviving spouses, all very important things, income in retirement planning. Thursday, Palo Alto. Use code radio25, newfocusfinancial.com.
0: of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and your money?
1: I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Trump is threatening Harley Davidson. If it moves overseas, they will be taxed like never before. We'll talk about that in a minute. Home price gains ease in April good thing or bad thing home values rose 6.4 percent annually in april down from a 6.5 percent gain the previous month so if you just stuck with the first headline home price gains ease in april you would say that doesn't sound good but when you see it goes from 6.5 to 6.4 percent you're like "Mm, that's not so bad 10 of the top 20 cities are currently higher than their peaks from 2006 not accounting for inflation that's pretty humbling Only six are above. Home prices continue to climb. Cities west of the Rocky Mountains continue to lead price increases. Rocky Mountain High. Something wrong about John Denver dying in a plane crash in the Rockies, isn't it? Something wrong about that? Like, I don't know. He should have died at a restaurant eating a fat steak. But guy who sings about Rocky Mountains. Something bothers me about that story. The city's west of the Rocky Mountains. Doing the best. So that'd be Seattle, Vegas, San Francisco, Portland. You get the idea. The West Coast is closer to Asia. Does that have something to do with what we're seeing on real estate? With tech companies and their employees? Demand for housing continues to outpace supply, even as mortgage rates increase. That's one of the big stories out there. Now, Trump threatening Harley Davidson. I don't know. I grew up in a household that clearly my dad was Republican, right? Military guy. He had six kids. I I don't know if any of them voted the same way he ever did. But President Donald Trump says Harley Davidson will be taxed like never before if it moves productions overseas. I remember a very early memory in my childhood of my youth, and this is probably more youth than childhood, right? Of sitting there watching the news with my father. I was on an old beanbag, all leather and beaten up beanbag. And uh, I remember watching, you know, Reagan basically doing a victory lap with Harley Davidson saving jobs and, you know, American-made what have you. So for Trump... Get into this tariff trade war issue, and you're starting to see some companies like Harley Davidson say we can't really afford to lose sales. So, in lieu of that, we're going to we're going to send some jobs overseas and manufacture bikes over there. So they wouldn't hit with tariffs. You know, Harley Davidson doesn't have to be American made, according to Harley Davidson. But doesn't that sound like wrong? Because don't you think of Harley Davidson as an American company? Keep in mind, you know, the movie Gung Ho in the 1980s, you saw uh, a car company infiltrate it with Japanese management because they were better at building cars. So, yeah, you know, the whole Harley Davidson thing kind of plays into that. We know how to make motorcycles. American made steel. So Harley said that it may move some production overseas due to increased costs from the EU's retaliatory tariffs. They have a lot of clients. They have a lot of customers in Europe. And Trump comes back and he threatens Harley Davidson. You'll be taxed like never before. That seems odd to me to threaten an iconic U.S. company as the President of the United States. And that's not what I'm going to refer to as a very pro-business stance. And don't get me wrong. I'm not making any political statements when I say that. But that does make me say, whoa, 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 stop the clock. Yeah, I don't like it. As an investor in capitalism, as an, I mean, you've heard me say this before. I, I don't think of the stock market as a roller coaster because I think of it as capitalism. And when you start taking that away from me, I'm like, oh, crap, I can't hide on that anymore. When you lose that capitalism you know, stick or cane or crutch, so to speak, Sellers, are you selling a home? What area of the United States? We'll do a little Jeopardy here. The area of the United States with the highest amount of appreciation in the housing market when selling your home. What is the highest area in the United States? The appreciation when you sell the home. It's the nation's hottest Market. Turn around, sell your home, and take that cash and go buy yourself a Tesla. Where would you be able to do that? There's a short supply of homes right now. So that puts economic pressure on the buyer to up their bid. The correct answer is not San Diego. San Diego comes in at number 10 with $107,000 median gain. Sacramento, Miami, Dallas, Los Angeles, number, Los Angeles is number five, six on the list. $137,000 gain in that home in Long Beach or in Anaheim if you sold today. Next on the list, Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Now, Nashville, Tennessee is only 62000 But again, this is a percentage gain, a percentage appreciation, the highest Home exiting appreciation, median gain is not Seattle, although that's up forty five percent from where you bought it at one hundred twenty three thousand dollar gain. San Francisco is up forty six percent from where you bought it. The median gain is twenty two hundred and twenty two thousand two hundred and twenty two thousand. Why not say two hundred and twenty two thousand two hundred and twenty two because that would be an earful. San Francisco, number two. So the number one, obviously, one is San Jose, starting at a lower number. Percentage appreciation up 54% from the time you bought it. Come on now, you're the next contestant on. You don't have enough money for retirement. Awesome commercial, by the way, by Fidelity. But the average um, percentage appreciation San Jose, up 54% from where you bought it, median gain is 296000 So Fidelity's got a, a great commercial now where they basically say one in three people don't have, enough, don't have anything to save for retirement. And then they start showing old people doing jobs that they probably shouldn't be doing, like being a DJ. So it's like, DJ Granny Smith. And Granny Smith is kind of on the older side, and she's looking a little bit on the tired Darn. side. And, uh, you know, a football player who's 92 years old. Uh, but you get the idea. One, a great commercial ad campaign by Fidelity. And they're, they're hitting a smack on the news. What are you thinking? You think you're going to be a DJ or football player when you retire? Money ain't get coming to you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. What are you going to do all day? Whatever I want. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Seminar coming up. Use code Radio Twenty Five to get in for free in Palo Alto. Code Radio Twenty Five, Rob Black Show.
3: Here we are, no one else. We walk to school all by ourselves. There's dirt on our uniforms from chasing all the ants and worms. We clean up,
0: ladies and gentlemen. We've begun the initial descent. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW.
1: Good times. Are the markets terrified and or not? Has to be the big question out there. Seems like yesterday we were, but today not so much. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I start my day each and every day with his column, page one at Briefing.com. How are you today,
3: Hey, Rob, I'm doing
1: okay, thanks. How's the summer progressing? Are we bored yet? Are we ready to get back to work? Enough vacation well,
3: uh, yeah, I'm always ready for a vacation um but the uh, the stock market is is open for business, and you know it's been excitable at times um and it's you know kind of been following a a bouncing ball of headlines, uh certainly as it relates to trade matters and and uh and I guess you could say that there's um at least a heightened interest level that Maybe you haven't seen in past summers only because you kind of never know what's going to come out of Washington, D.C. to uh, to get things going.
1: So what's coming out of Washington, D.C. kind of surprised me in the last 24 hours with, you know, yesterday we were doing the law of unintended consequences where Harley-Davidson said, you know, these tariffs are going to hurt us. Therefore, we may do some business and uh, open up some factories in Europe to manufacture our goods there to keep the tariffs from hitting our European customers, per se, uh, and then Trump today said did something that kind of scared me in the last twenty four hours, and he, he threatened a company with "you'll pay higher taxes." Because I don't, I don't know, if, I don't want the president getting mad at me, per se, and I don't want them getting mad at our friends' capitalist companies, per se, because uh, we need them to have good, exciting things to do for you and I to talk about. Any thoughts on Trump going after a U.S. company based on tariffs and saying you will pay higher taxes if you take jobs elsewhere?
3: Well, you know, I guess fortunately we have a system of checks and balances, and that you really you need Congress to uh, to legislate those tax changes. So, you know, <laughs> fair it, enough. You know, he can he can sound tough in that respect, but um, you know, I, I would think and hope that cooler heads would prevail in Congress and not, you know, necessarily let any one individual have that type of uh, taxing authority, if you will. So, uh, but you know, it kind of just you know speaks to more his leadership style which is very combative when things don't go his way or when he's you know made to look bad in a certain respect so, uh, But what that does ultimately, though, <clears throat> is it does keep U.S. businesses on edge in terms of, you know, wondering what will come down the pipe as it relates to an executive order or, you know, something that might come out of a GOP-controlled Congress. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just not a positive thing as it relates to um, business decision-making when it comes to capital investment and, and things of that nature. So, you know, net-net. Not great, not really what you want to hear, um, and certainly, in the context of all of the the volatility surrounding you know the trade headlines, it's just one more instance where the market is left uh, you know feeling uncertain and not not really knowing what to expect, and therefore you get this this lack of conviction that leads to a market that kind of just churns and chops around and, and, and moves sideways for an extended period of time.
1: So some pretty good earnings as you reported this morning in your page one morning uh, intro per se into the markets, uh, insights into what's happening. Uh, some pretty good earnings out of Lennar. and then some really damn fine earnings out of Lennar. I mean, on the, the headlines at least. And then GE announces that they're going to say, you know, let's 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 help our shareholders by being, you know, creative with our balance sheet and with our structure and spin off some of our healthcare unit and Baker Hughes. Uh, I'm going to go bye-bye from GE. So things are looking up on corporate headlines. Is that enough to power through or or we just take it, put it in our back pocket and say that's good news for the future?
3: Well, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it, you know, it's not enough for for the market to power through um, Okay. Uh, you know, and break out to new highs here. Um, you know, the, the earnings news from Lenar certainly was very good. You know, they certainly don't have the, the market capitalization that's going to, you know, drive the broader market, but they certainly will help, you know, the the underlying industry group. And you're seeing a number of home building stocks, you know, move up today nicely in response to that earnings report. And and, and it's something that you would come to expect, you know, from Lenar when you hear, uh, obviously, about the shortage of, you know, of you know, supply of homes and and the improving um, you know labor environment that you know makes for uh, you know better opportunities to to purchase homes. Um, so the news itself was really nice to hear, a little bit better than expected. But uh, but I don't know if you could you know categorize it as a as, you know, as a total surprise. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you still come back to this you know idea that you know the first quarter earnings reporting period was terrific. You know, you have twenty percent plus uh, earnings growth. For the S P five hundred, you have double digit earnings growth forecasted for all four quarters this year, and twenty percent for all of two thousand eighteen. Uh, and yet, you still have a market that kind of, sort of lazily moves along here, and and you know, it's not it's not negative, but it's certainly not jumping out at you like you would expect to see such strong earnings growth. And I think that that reflects uh, some of the concern about the understanding that. Uh, that you're going to see tougher comparisons you know early in two thousand and nineteen that you are concerned that you know we're nearing peak margins as labor costs pick up uh, and so the market just hasn't been all that responsive to the to the really good earnings news because it also is is cognizant that um, you know interest rates are are apt to be moving higher and you have a federal reserve that seems to be inclined to raise rates so there's a little bit of worry I think about you know what the Fed's policy path is and how it will ultimately translate into, uh, into the stock market's performance. And so you, so you just, just kind of get this collective sense of waiting and seeing, which I think is another factor that's contributing to a market that's remaining range-bound here for many months.
1: It's interesting that you use the term range-bound, because it's been a market that's been expanding now for nine years, and we've kind of gotten used to it, and we kind of forgot what recession... I. It wasn't that long ago you and I were talking about recessionary numbers. We'll probably talk about them again at some point, right? And the whole we're kind of just we're kind of riding this wave, and it it is kind of going sideways right now. Is that frustrating to you at all? Would you rather have a down market so it's a little more confirmed, or are you are you good taking the up markets? Where are we standing on wanting a a correction to kind of clean us out a little bit?
3: Right. Well, you know, someone who writes market commentary for a living, it it, it can be a little bit frustrating when you kind of get you know uh, you know limited movement and you you kind of have some redundancy in the the key themes of the day, if you will. But uh, but I think you said something you know really important there, Rob, is that we've had a market that's had just tremendous run, you know, obviously for nine years. And um, and so when you see a market that moves sideways, everyone obviously gets concerned that that means it's, the, you know, the end and that the bear market's at hand. And and what you may ultimately be just having here is is a time-based correction uh, where you move sideways in a, in a consolidation period here as you digest the strength of those gains knowing that um, you're hitting some inflection points as it relates to the path of interest rates and perhaps the, the path of earnings growth. And and it just lends itself to a to a, a wait and see uh Perspective and also I think leads to more contemplation about where you want to you know take some money off the table and perhaps you know reallocate or even just go to you know cash for the time being as you wait for some of this headline uncertainty to to resolve itself but you know but ultimately you 've got a market that is still up for the year slightly um, and um, and I think is just you know taking into account that. But it's had such a tremendous run here and is, is now taking some time to digest that move.
1: Sounds good. Is there anything else that you're working on, Patrick, Mr. O'Hare, over at com? People can find that it's a great source for domestic and international issues on all things financial and investing in particular. Um, anything else that you're working on uh, that we should be aware of that you think might be noteworthy and digestible well, content?
3: Yeah, you know, so one of the things I think, you know, people need to be aware of is certainly to accept and consider as a a heightened risk factor is the idea that we do have a full-fledged trade war. Um, And I say that only because, you know, everyone in the punditry uh, seems to be coming on CNBC and Bloomberg and everything else. And, you know, whenever they're asked that question, there's like, no, you know, there's no way we're going to have a full-fledged trade war. And, and it is a heightened risk factor when everyone thinks the same thing because uh, you tend to see positioning in the, in the same way. And in this respect, the market is not positioned really for a full-fledged trade war breaking out. So something to take into account and something I might be exploring as sort of a piece of uh, unconventional wisdom there to expose as a, as a risk factor that needs to be accounted for.
1: You're depressing me a little bit. <laughs> to be honest. Not my everyone, intention. Everyone else,
3: that that. Or, everyone else is optimistic that a
1: trade war. Everyone else is optimistic the trade war is not going to happen, and even me, I'm caught up in that. You know, it seems like well, this is the way you negotiate. If I could, it gets yeah. If so, I could just, just say, I
3: mean, we're not forecasting that. It's just something that you know you need to be aware of, and 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 I don't think a lot of people are being a little complacent though about about the idea that it might not happen, and so just something to take into account because if you did get something like that that did happen, uh, you'd see you know, probably a material sell-off in, in the equity
1: market. I, I think that's fair to say, because like you said, I'm complacent as complacent can be, and thanks very much for joining me. Uh, I start my day each and every day with Mr. O'Hare's page one at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. They uh, post this spot on their media pages, and I post it on mine at cron 4 Black. cron 4 Black. You can find out more at Rob Black's Show dot com it's show.com got a big seminar coming up this Thursday 630 at 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge you can sign up for it income in retirement what to expect some stock market ideas and much much more you can sign up at Rob Black Show use code radio25 to get in for free
0: Black online at Rob Black.com. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM1220 KDOW. To be an
1: NFL owner, right? Those must be good times. I'm seeing that CBS has picked up the rights to provide its NFL football game telecast to mobile subscribers on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, starting with the upcoming season. So CBS is saying, basically, we want the television broadcast rights, but we also want those said rights for our streaming products that we put together. Until now, the mobile devices had been dominated by Verizon Wireless's exclusive rights to mobile NFL football. So you could be ABC, you could be NBC, you could be Fox, you could be ESPN, who pays a bundle for the, streaming, for the broadcast rights, but you don't get the streaming rights on the mobile devices. That started to fracture last year. Fox signed with the league to get their mobile rights for its Thursday night football. Amazon had non-exclusive rights to stream Thursday night football. ESPN's gained mobile rights. Do you understand how important mobile is? Its radio and television have really been, I'm not going to say caught, napping. But when mobile came in... Facebook didn't even have a mobile strategy when they came became public, and Wall Street freaked out. And th- then once they said, you know, we're going to work on this mobile thing, and they did. They moved Facebook basically from a desktop, you know, development app priority to let's focus on the mobile priority. So this is what the CBS story is. It's it's mobile is a priority, and if we're watching NFL on our mobile. Say prayers, please, for for Comcast. Say prayers for the cable companies. Because the the pitch that they've had for the last few years is we at least, we have the live sporting events. So when you and I were saying, okay, we're going to cut the cord because we are watching more mobile. I watched two hours of YouTube last night to calm down, to get myself ready for bed. If we're doing so much already... And then you're seeing the sports networks say, we need all the money we can get because we're pigs, we're greedy, we're hogs. So not only are we going to sell television broadcast rights, but we're going to sell mobile broadcasting rights. And down the, down the road, they're going to sell virtual reality broadcasting rights, right? You know that's coming. It's just a matter of time, ladies and gentlemen. So I see this as a sign for, there's a clear loser. It's It's broadcast television. When the NFL finally says, you know, we have something here that we want to sell again, we want to let someone use our content and make money, you better believe that's a powerful, powerful thing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air going on now through the 15th of the month is the Alameda County Fair. It is a great opportunity right here right now for you to get tickets to the fair. I got a family 4-pack. The Alameda County Fair is awesome. Why do I say awesome? Cuz it's got food. It's got horse racing. It's got concerts. Awesome. It's got a lot going on, to say the least. Did I mention the rides and the, the animals? At one point in time, you're going to have a conversation about milking a cow with your son. He's going to want to do it. You're probably going to want to start with milking a goat first, because the cow is a big step forward. And that may ruin your ch- your son's appetite to ever eat meat again. But with that being said, you can do that at the Alameda County Fair. You can get more information by going to kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. And again, the Alameda County Fair running now through the 15th of the month. We have a family four-pack of tickets right here, right now, 800 516 It's 800-516-1220 now through July 8th. July 8th, I said the date wrong. I said it was July, through July 15th, but it's through July 8th. Oh, did I mention the craft beers? The food, the horse racing, the concerts. So how many songs do you have to... Be, how many hit songs do you have to be to before you can get on the fair concert t- circuit of the world? I was thinking, how come... I haven't seen the band at the ladies recently. Are they at the fair? Oh, and plus they got things like Grave Digger and stuff like that. They don't have Grave Digger, but they got monster trucks and carnival stuff and like win, win a prize... Win one of those cute despicable me minions! Come on, Dad, you can do it. So, there's art contests. There's all sorts. Anyway, you can learn more at AlamedaCountyFair com. It's AlamedaCountyFair.com. dot com. It's uh, the big old fair in Alameda County. We got family four pack tickets right here eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get that family four pack of tickets. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. I'll probably head out to the fair this weekend. I'm not sure if it will be Saturday or Sunday, but if you see me, whatever you do, don't make eye contact and don't shake my hand. Fist bump, okay. Handshake, no good. No bueno. So, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 to get your calls on the air. Trump is threatening Harley-Davidson if it moves operations overseas. They'll be taxed like never before. Home price gains ease in April, but not that bad. Growing from 6.6% to 6.5%. That's a winner if you own a house. It's a loser if you don't own a house. Because if you're waiting for that pullback, it ain't happening yet. Seattle, Vegas, San Francisco ranked 1-2-3 on price movements in the trailing past 12 months. That's a winner for those markets if you own. You can sign up for the big event coming up Thursday night, 6.30 to 8.30 in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's Income and Retirement Wealth Preservation. I'm going to go over some stock ideas CFP Chad Burton will be presenting. You can learn more by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Hi, I'm Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. Time for another learning event. Thursday, June 28th, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. Head to roblackshow.com to sign up. Registration is $25, but free for radio listeners if you use the code radio25 at roblackshow.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, it can be hard to even know where to begin, but focusing on just a few essential issues can increase your chances of enjoying a secure future. CFP Chad Burton will discuss the issues that can affect your retirement plan, including reducing risk with diversification, bond alternatives, retirement products that make sense, how to rebalance your portfolio in retirement, portfolio structure and asset allocation, much, much more. I'm going to discuss market condition, favorite sectors, dividend stocks to consider, and recent world events and how they affect your portfolio. What? 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar? When? Thursday, june twenty eighth, six thirty to eight thirty. Where? Palo Alto Elks Lodge, head to Roblackshow.com to sign up. Registration's twenty-five dollars, but free for radio listeners if you use the code Radio twenty-five at Roblackshow.com.